Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another episode of the New York Curve podcast presented by Visa. I'm your host, Olivia Landis. And as usual, each and every week, I'm so honored to bring in some amazing women just around the nation to talk about careers and paths and just have a lot of fun. So this week, I'm very excited to announce C-Level Marketing Executive, Elisa Padilla. Elisa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I feel absolutely honored to have you as a guest. Oh, Olivia, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you today. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, of course. It's it's always so exciting each each time I'm able to bring in a new guest because each and every guest offers a diverse background, experience, and story. And we actually spoke about this um, earlier in the week, how important storytelling is to yes. each each of us, which I think is super cool. So I'd love to give a background to our listeners about who you are, Elisa, and what you do. So can you first, let's first start off by what you do now and where you're yeah. currently at and, and talk a little bit about Kick It. Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently in a transition. I am a victim of COVID like so many other folks that are in the sports and entertainment industry. So I am looking for my next full-time opportunity. And currently what I'm doing is I am storytelling by a platform that I launched on IG Live. It's called Lunchtime Conversation by Kick It With EP. And it is um, a 20 minute conversation with a professional woman where she's able to tell her story and provide career insights to the audience. So this is something that I launched in on April 6th of 2020. And I have had over 70 conversations and the whole essence of Kick It By EP is rooted in education, inspiration, and paying it forward. You know, when uh, when COVID hit and turned our lives upside down on March 13th of 2020, and, you know, just completely halted the world the way that we knew it, I took a step back and wanted to turn my own personal situation on its head and instead of focusing on the negative really focus on the positive and that's how this idea came to me and it's something that I've been I I enjoy and it's a passion project and I love it what inspired you Elisa I know I know you mentioned COVID which you know uh, as as you mentioned so many people unfortunately have been the victim of COVID a lot of changes um with careers and everything, but this did, when we were speaking on the phone earlier this week, you said it gave you this opportunity that you didn't necessarily have before to start something, like you said, a passion project, Yeah, which I think is so amazing. Passion projects in and of themselves are amazing because it's something that you're so passionate about. So what sparked your first passion to want to tell stories of these professional women? So as a marketer, I love to tell stories, right? I love to tell brand stories. And the day after I was furloughed, and I think because I think I have to put it into context for you and, and listen and the listeners, I went out for a walk with my dog. And of course, you know, I was like, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm on furlough. I don't know what this means. There's so much uncertainty. And I started to think about my career and I started to think about all the wonderful people that have, you know, that I've met that have impacted my lives, my, my life, excuse me. And I thought, wow, you know what, 
how do we tell stories about people who haven't been able to tell their story? How am I going to tell my story about being furloughed and how I turned that, turned a positive into, I'm sorry, turned a negative into a positive? And I really started thinking about, you know, being in the sports industry is a very male dominated industry. And I just thought, you know what, there's so many great women that work in sports and entertainment. How do we tell their stories? How do we inspire others during this time of uncertainty? And that's kind of the way that it came to fruition. And, you know, I came, I went back home and I wrote down the three words, educate, inspire, and pay it forward. And, you know, I thought to myself, okay, who do I know that would be willing to do this, you know, with me, who's going to get on IG live, I had never done an IG live before in my life. Um, but I'm like, you know what, this is this is going to be a good test. And I started, you know, I called someone, I said, Hey, will you do this with me? I'm trying to I'm testing this out. And, you know, I said, I'll give you five questions just to guide the conversation, but this is a platform about you. This isn't a platform about me. This is about educating people who are interested and inspiring those that are watching and the career insights that you give at the end is all about paying it forward. And so I started with three conversations the first week and then I started to do graphics and, you know, after doing the graphics for the first week, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I could create a website. So I created a website. And that's where like the storytelling turned into content development. Um, I've learned how to edit videos. I mean, I'm very, very um, such an amateur, but at least I now know how to clip videos so that the when you know I start off the IG live and I'm waiting or there's technical difficulties, I'm able to clip the stuff so it starts off when the guest is telling their story. So it's been really amazing. And the reaction that I have received and the support that I have received from not only women but also men has been amazing. And now in 2021, I'm trying to figure out how to elevate this. Um, you know, to not only grow it, but to make it better for those that tune in. And one of the things, Olivia, that I'll say that I'm really proud of is, you know, I storytelling was first, content development was second. But third is, you know, it's about building a community. So it's been really, really great to see, you know, how we have, we're, we're a community of 500 and 50 plus um, on, on Instagram. And what's really great is that the, the audience is really engaged. And to me, it's really about quality versus quantity. So it's really nice that every time, you know, I go on on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I see the same people, um, they're fully engaged. And it's been really great to see the audience grow. So I'm excited about it. That's amazing. Uh, something that you mentioned, a word that you mentioned, engagement. Engagement is super, super important, especially when you're creating any type of content, you know, working in, a, in the content department for the New York Jets. And when you when you're producing something, what you're always aiming to get is interaction and engagement out of the audience, because you want them to soak up the things that you're saying yeah. and the conversations that you're having and, you know, hope, hoping that people take something away from the conversation. So that, you know what, kudos to you. That's an amazing platform that you've created. And I know you said you've already had over 70 conversations. Yeah. How yeah. How much has yeah. your background played into doing what you're able to do now? Because 
you've had quite a few stops before the position you're at now. How has your yeah. background helped kind of tailor tailor that to where you're at now? Well, I think it's tailored, um, you know, this this brand that I'm trying to build by really number one, you know, building a brand. What does, how do you approach building a brand? Um, and what is the essence of your brand and your positioning and how do you bring it to life in the most authentic way? So it's really interesting because when you know, I decided to name this Kick It by EP, I thought to myself, okay, you know what, I don't, this isn't about me. This is about having conversations with others. And I want this to be very, from a brand perspective, I want this to be very whimsical and I want this to be very fun and very light. So the logo that was created is a caricature. Um, and the reason that I share that, because when I think about my background and I think about how visuals play into storytelling and brand building. You know, when I started my career off many years ago, I won't date myself, Olivia. Um, <laughs> I started my career, you know, many years ago, I started in the marketing department for the New York Knicks. And I worked very closely with the creative team. And when we would do you know whether we were working on a printout or we were working on in arena graphics the look and the feel and the consistency was really, really key. So um, as, you know, as I was thinking about Kick It, to, Kick It by EP and bringing that to life, I was thinking about what that was going to, how I was going to bring that to life visually. So that has been really tremendous. And then thinking through, okay, how do you grow an audience? Um, so that, you know, how do, how am I telling and building this brand to build and engage an audience? And, you know, while the platform started off with targeted specifically to women, professional women, um, I want in sports and entertainment, I have had people on that, you know, have, that are entrepreneurs that, you know, work in PR, that work in different areas and different industries because we all have a story to tell and whether you're telling the story of a specific brand like a team or a league or you're telling your own individual story it's really important that at the end of the day the person consuming the content walk away with saying wow i learned something or wow i'm inspired or how do i meet that person so those are the things that have really helped me form Kick It by EP based on my experience. Wow. So it really does sound like, um, you know, that, that approach is super important because you said, you know, you're like, what story am I trying to tell? It's about the audience. It's about the individual that I'm interviewing, which is super important. And I, I mean, I, I'm very curious because like you said, you have this interesting background where you've been able to work with both sports and entertainment. So they've been able to cross a little bit. How has that helped broaden your view in what you're able to do now? And how has it also kind of changed the conversation? Because sports and entertainment, although they're different, they're also one and the same, in my personal mm -hmm. opinion. <laughs> yeah, well, I I wholeheartedly agree with that um, assessment in that they're they're different, but they're the same. And I think that with my experience working at the NBA, 
when I worked, you know, I started my career working for the New York Knicks. I worked at the NBA league office for five years. And that's where my eyes were really opened to the NBA really creating a basketball game to be an entertainment experience. So from the music, from what you saw on the court during the timeouts or at halftime. And then when I moved on to work um, for the Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets, it it's, I, I really saw the intersection of sports and entertainment because when we opened up Barclays Center back in 2012, and, you know, we thought about the guest experience, it was, okay, not only are we going to treat our fans and our guests like, like a star, we're also going to make sure that they're entertained from the minute that their feet hit the plaza all the way to their seat until they start watching the game or start watching a concert. So I think it's really, you know, it's really interesting when I look at other leagues, right? When I look at baseball, for example, which I most recently worked for the Miami Marlins, I remember sitting in in a team meeting and telling, you know, my the the game presentation team that reported into me, I was like, how do we, you know, create that buzz similar to the NBA where and at the NBA when somebody is going to hit a three for a three uh three um a three throw I can't even speak a free throw shot <laughs> tongue twister there um you know that that the fans are going crazy and they have you know the balloons or they have the defense signs up you know behind them or props how do we do that behind home plate how do we infuse that energy and we tried it by creating a section, um, a supporter group section. And it, you know, some games it worked, some games it didn't, but it was trying to create that ritual. And those were the key learnings from working on the NBA side to the opportunities that exist in baseball. Um, you know, similar to, to the Jets, you guys had the firemen for so many years, right? So that was like a ritual that was part of the game and it was it was an experience. So I think that that's, that's how sport and entertainment collide when you think about entertainment at a sports venue versus when you think about entertainment, you know, that's going to a concert, that's going to a show, where it's not the same, but it's, but it is the same. Yeah, yeah, really, really, the the experiences kind of intersect with one another. Well, now that we, we, we have a background of everything that you do and everything you're working on now, I would love to know, um, can you kind of break down to our listeners, because I'm sure they're curious as to, you, you mentioned a couple of stops that you made in your career, but I'm, sh I'm sure our listeners are curious as to where you started and um, each individual stop you had. So let's talk a little bit about some of the stops that you had and what you took away. What was the biggest thing you took away from each stop? Because I'm sure there are a million things you can you can think of, but maybe one that was super unique to you in each stop. Yeah. Okay. So um, as I mentioned earlier, my very first stop was with the New York Knicks. And the most important takeaway there was that I worked for a person who is my mentor to this day, who inspired me to go back to graduate school and get my MBA in marketing. 
And so, you know, she took me under her wing. She taught me everything I know about marketing, the fundamentals of marketing. And she had an MBA. She had worked for a consumer products company before she transitioned into sports. So I thought, okay, I need to go back to school to get my MBA. And that's exactly what I did. Um, my next stop, um, I went to, I worked at the NBA. Um, so wanted to really understand how the league operated and worked with teams. And I was there for five years and it was really, really interesting. You know, I worked what was then called the events and attractions department and I did a lot of traveling and I remember being on airplanes doing homework. And I remember vividly, Olivia, being, um, I don't remember the year, but we had all-star in um, San Francisco and we were out there for 16 days and I had worked a 14 hour day and I came back and I had to finish my homework and fax it back to my professor the next day. So if that doesn't date me, I don't know what will, but um, that, you know, the key takeaway from working at the NBA was that, you know what, I had done so much travel that I wanted to be in a place where I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, what city am I in? What hotel am I in? Um, and after I got my NBA, my master's in marketing, I was very deliberate in making sure that I that I had a diversified background. So I wanted to make sure that I was able to sit in a room to talk about consumer marketing, to talk about um, media, to talk about, you know, um, multicultural marketing. So I left the NBA, I moved on, I went to work for Nickelodeon, where I learned about media, I learned about television i learned about programming i learned about how these you know characters were brought to life and how a, a media company developed programming targeted to kids and also that was my first entry into hispanic marketing um i then moved on and went to work for hbo um, HBO Sports and worked on the pay-per-view business. So there, you know, the key takeaway there was how do you tell a story about two boxers to entice people, specifically men, to, to press the button on their remote control and pay either $39.99 or $69.99 for something that could last five minutes or, you know, 12 rounds. Um, I did a lot of multicultural marketing in um, during my time there. And what was really, really cool about that stop was that I thought about marketing not only in English and in Spanish. And sometimes, depending on who the boxers were, I had to think about the marketing and telling the story in Spanish versus English. So that was a really, really cool takeaway from that experience. I then moved on to work for AT&T. Um, at that time, you know, the, the phone was becoming the second screen. And I really wanted to learn about marketing to people through their cell phones. So I had an, an unbelievable opportunity to work with um, with AT&T, work in a local office um, that handled the New Jersey and New York DMA. And I worked in the, I was the diversity marketing manager. And one of the really cool projects there, and the 
I think that one of the coolest projects that I worked on before getting to the Nets was I led the marketing efforts to open up the very first company-owned AT&T store in Chinatown. So if you know anything about the wireless business, you know that you have company-owned stores, you have authorized dealers, um, and then, you know, you have your um, your kiosk. So, you know, to this day, every time I'm in Chinatown and I go by that store, I'm like, I opened up that store. So that was, that, that's really, really cool because, you know, I'm not Asian, but however, the Asian segment was so important to AT&T and finding the right location and bringing that store to life was really great. And that paved the way for an opportunity with the Nets. And I was with the Nets and Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment for seven years. And the greatest takeaway there was the rebrand of the Nets. I mean, the, you know, just the brand transformation of going from New Jersey to Brooklyn was an amazing takeaway. And also to Olivia, there aren't many people who can say that they've worked on a brand relaunch or brand transformation and opened up an arena in the same year. So I'm part of that crew and the people that, that worked on that project will forever be bonded together because it was a very special time. Um, I then, then in March of 2017, I got a call from Apple, um, uh, you know, a brand that I admire along with Nike and, you know, had conversations with Apple and decided, you know what, I'm going to Silicon Valley. This is a huge opportunity for me. Um, I took a position of head of product launch and was there for a month. And then Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico. Um, in September of 2017, and my life completely turned upside down. So I won't get into those details, but um, I had to come back to New York um, to take care of my family and took a job at Howard Hughes. Um, they were opening up a venue down in the Seaport District in the financial sector in New York City. So that was a quick stop for me before um, I went, took my talents to. South Beach, as LeBron would say, um, <laughs> had the opportunity to go to Miami and join the Miami Marlins. And the driver there was, they, they had a new ownership group, um, you know, the tremendous, tremendous opportunity and also got me closer to Puerto Rico. So went to Miami and I will say that none of my friends who work in baseball warned me about the schedule. Um, so was there for almost two years, led the rebrand of the Marlins and really changed consumer, you know, perception about the team. And, you know, my biggest takeaway there is Miami is an incredible city and the sports teams there don't compete against one another. The biggest takeaway there is that you're competing with the Miami lifestyle. So you're competing with the bay, you're competing with the ocean, you're competing with the boats. Um, so it's really not about, you know, one sports team versus the other. It's just on a Sunday afternoon, if, you know, if there's a game, is the family or is date night gonna be on a boat or on the beach versus going to an arena or a ballpark? Um, then had the opportunity to come back to New York um, and join my former CEO at Rock Nation. 
and took a position a little bit different than my traditional marketing position. Um, it was SVP of Creative Strategy and Marketing Partnerships uh, for this new division that was responsible for commercializing the brand. And I was there for two months and then COVID-19 hit and here we are. And here we are. Wow. What an amazing, just, just going down the list, what an amazing um, list of accomplishments in your career. It sounds like so much marketing and branding and creative um, services that you were able to provide, which is yeah. absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing all the oh, stops. It, yeah, it's so interesting for me to hear uh, some of the things that women have gone through and, and the different stops that they've made and what they've learned at each stop. So really, really incredible. Actually, uh, you sent me over something before we started the pod and I, I'd like to talk about it. You, you've been awarded a couple of different honors, <laughs> you know, especially when it comes to inspiration and women. I just want to read a couple of them off and then we can talk about it. 2015 Brooklyn top women in business, the Schneps communications. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Schneps, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2015 Wise NYC Metro Chapter Women of Inspiration Award. Oh my goodness, there's so there's even more. 2012 Promax BD. Am I saying that right? Promax BDA Sports yeah. Media Marketing Award, Best Overall Integrated Marketing Campaign. Hello Brooklyn. Oh my goodness, that is absolutely incredible. It speaks volume to what you've been able to do in your communities and at each position that you've been able to take a stop at. Why does it mean, or I should say, what does it mean? What does it mean to you to have been given some of these awards? Well, first of all, humbled because you're only as great as your team. And what I can say, Olivia, is that at every single one of my stops, I have had an incredible team around me. Um, and I think that while I was the recipient of those awards, that the work that got me there, you know, was a bunch of people that, you know, probably should have gotten the award along with me. Um, but I think that that's the most important thing is, you know, you get to a point in your career where you want to work with really good people and you talented people and you really want to do great work. And I have been incredibly, incredibly blessed to work on some incredible teams. And those awards are because of their labor of love for the projects that we've worked on. Wow. wow. Really incredible. Congratulations on all the awards. Um, and I'm sure you've, you know, you've been recognized for even many more accomplishments without even yeah. being given these awards. So really incredible to talk about some of the things you've experienced as a woman. And, you know, I always try and tie it back into women and us uplifting one another and being able to tell stories to hopefully inspire other women and men, of course, we always want to inspire both men and women. But you know, I, I love to have this community of women who listen to this and are hopefully inspired by your story. What piece of advice would you have for women who maybe are in the same position as you when it came to the COVID-19 pandemic and how maybe it could have affected their career? What would be your one piece of advice? Keep going. This will pass. This will pass. And as hard as it is, you have to keep going. And, you know, that's the only thing that I can say is that you know, this global pandemic isn't reflective of our skills, 
of our experience of who we are it, this is something that's bigger than us and whether we like it or not you know we are where we're meant to be at this time so you have to keep going love it well, you know what Lisa, you have been an incredible guest on the New Yorker podcast, I absolutely loved listening to some of your career advice, the stops that you made, some of the awards that you've been given. Um, very inspirational. Honestly, I, I, ha I do have to say, it's probably very easy for a lot of people to be discouraged, you know, during this time. And I'm, I can't even lie. At times, it's even hard for me to work from home and to not be in the environment that you're used to especially when it comes to your career. Sometimes we get so used to being in a routine and a rhythm that when it's kind of ripped out from underneath us, it can throw people in a funk. So thank you for being an inspiration because you are living proof that no matter how tough it gets, you can still start passion projects. You can still do the things that you love and be successful. So thank you for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, well, no, thank you for the opportunity to share my story. And I think that, you know, I, I would just wrap it up, you know, to to take what you said one step further in regards to inspiring women. The other thing that I would say, Olivia, is that there is enough room at the table for all of us. Um, so it's I, I really believe and during this time specifically, it's, you know, let's land, let's lend a hand to one another, to one another and pick each other up because you never know, you know, where, where we're going to end up post COVID. So I think that that's really important. And thank you again for the opportunity to, to be here with you and share my story. Of course, I'm so glad you come onto the podcast and share your story, because like I said, I think, I think we can all use a little bit of inspiration at times. So hopefully this provided all of our listeners a little bit of inspiration, but thank you, Elisa. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful to get to know you for another episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. Um, good luck. Where can people watch and listen to lunchtime conversa conversations by Kick It? Where can we listen to this? Yep. So Instagram, um, the handle is at Kick It by EP. Um, we are live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1220. It's snackable content. So it's 20 minutes. Um, and then post on um, the IG live, you can catch the replays on IGTV. And the handle is again at kick it by EP. Absolutely wonderful. Hopefully we will be able to cross paths again in the future. But for now, we will support and listen to your content. Thank you so much, Elisa. Appreciate it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the New Yorker podcast presented by Visa. Each and every week, I'm so grateful for each and every guest and every listener. Share, subscribe the podcast. We know that it's been a couple of weeks since we had our last guest, but we're going to get things back rolling here in the off season. Thank you guys so much. I'll see you next time.